told the story of a good Samaritan who was a neighbor, and he saw the person in need as a neighbor. The drama last week was the invitation to the great feast. This master was a neighbor, and he saw these people out on the periphery as being neighbors, and he invited them uh, in. Being neighbors means to solve problems uh, peacefully. Love your neighbors as yourself. I think we know what it is to be a neighbor. We know who our neighbors are. But this morning, Ben and Ellie and Soren, we're concentrating on the yourself part of this. Okay? Uh, This morning, you are the ones being invited to the feast. You are the ones... uh, taken to the end and taken care of. You are here to receive gifts. This is the gift part of the equation. You are on the receiving end from this congregation, from the Holy Spirit. You are here to be clothed with Christ by means of the Holy Spirit. So to be on the receiving end here means to feel good about yourself. And you can can feel good about yourself. Um, You are invited to the feast. You're welcomed by our church family. You're clothed with a new wardrobe, and that is Jesus. So you are God's beloved. When I was a freshman at Metamore High School in English, the um, first semester was grammar, and then the second semester of English was literature. And I remember uh, one, a couple things about this, but one story we read was Clothes Make the Man. Have you ever read that story? Um, Clothes Make the Man. These were three people who are going to rob this house. Okay, so one of them dressed up as a policeman. New clothes. He had dressed up as a policeman. He was going to walk around outside, you know, kind of uh, being part of this whole robbery thing, I guess, uh, deferring attention or whatever. The other two went inside to do the robbery. Well, when he was outside, uh, he saw an elderly person that needed help crossing the street. So he helped this elderly person. That made him feel good. And... uh, uh, then he had someone come by and abuse him the way, you know, some people abuse policemen. And he realized how this uh, felt. So then I think maybe he saw uh, uh, someone disturbing the peace, and he went ahead and arrested this person. <laughs> so his buddies came out, and, you know, what's going on here? Um He changes inside. Somehow this changed him inside, and he actually arrested his two buddies in crime. So clothes are important, and the clothing you receive this morning is Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Galatians' text. It's in your, um, and uh, Shirley has given us an excellent commentary here on this already. God's grace. I will just say a word about the Luke text that uh, uh, was read, uh, Kristen read. You know, in the early church, people were coming from abject immorality, from prostitution to all kinds of immorality. And exorcisms, exorcisms, casting out of demons was part of the baptismal process, part of baptism. We don't have that situation here. 
today. I mean, these three young people, their behavior is exemplary. But there is a little bit of an intersection with this story. That this person, when he was healed, was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed, and then he was an evangelist. He was telling everyone what God had done for him. So there's an intersection here with this story. This person, uh, Jesus said, go tell everyone what God has done for you. So he went and told everyone what Jesus had done. So there, you know, we intersect with this story uh, a little bit. Okay, this Galatians text. Before trust or faith came, we were kept guarded under law, being confined for faith or trust, which was destined to, destined to be made fully known so that the law became our guardian until Christ in order that out of trust or faith we might be freed of charges. Now, Paul's use of this phrase, before trust or faith came, this is not referring to human faith. You know, faith was present way back. Abraham and Sarah trusted God and had faith in God. What Paul is referring to here is Jesus' faith. Jesus' faithfulness. We could simply say, before Jesus came. The Holy Spirit brings Jesus into our situation, and we have wisdom and freedom to apply these rules. The rules are important, holy, just, and good, but now with the Holy Spirit, we have some freedom and flexibility in each situation to apply these, uh, these important rules. And in Bible school, we reviewed these two rules. Uh, they are guardians. In the interest of, in favor of, or for, trust or faith, and they're helpful. But only by means of life from and in the Holy Spirit can we live in trust and be faithful. So the message of Galatians is that God sent out the Holy Spirit and that God sent out Jesus. Let's continue in the text here. But after trust or faith appears, we are no longer under a guardian for all. All of you are sons and daughters of God through trust or faith in Jesus Christ. For you are all those who were baptized into Christ, clothed yourselves in Christ. There is neither a Judean nor a Gentile. There is neither a slave nor a free person. And this is a mistake here. This should read, there is no male and female. There's not male and female. For you all are one in Christ Jesus. You all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are of Christ, then you are posterity of Abraham, beneficiaries according to God's promise. With Jesus' appearance, you are sons and a daughter here, Ellie, Ben, a Soren, of God because of Jesus' faithfulness and your trust in Jesus. This important preposition here, baptized into Christ. Into Christ. It's baptized toward the goal, which is Jesus baptized into a lifetime journey toward Jesus. This is, means movement. The verb to clothe yourself, to put on, is used in Romans, it's used here, it's used in Ephesians, it's used in Colossians. To be clothed with Jesus, we put on and wear Christ by means of the Holy Spirit, which is sent into our hearts. We are new human beings. Romans 13, 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same word. Ephesians 4.24, and to put on the new being in accordance with God, created in uprightness and devoutness of truth. Colossians 3.10, and putting on the new person, which is being renewed in knowledge in accordance with the form of the one who is creating it. Verse 12, therefore be clothed, same word, 
as chosen ones of God and cherished with hearts of concern. This is what these foes are now. With hearts of concern, helpfulness, humility, considerateness, forbearance, bearing with one another, and forgiving. And you're dressed in layers, and love is the outer layer, the sweater or coat. You are God's beloved who by means of Jesus and the Holy Spirit wear new clothes, new ways of living, consistent with the one creating you. Now, in the early church, new clothes were given in baptism. People were pretty much undressed, and they came out, and they got a new, new robe. This morning, we're just having towels. Okay? We're just giving you a towel, which is the same. This is a new clothes, clothing for you. And you are being clothed with Jesus inside and out. This isn't just... Okay, this brings the inner and the outer together. You are being clothed on the inside and outside. Continuing with this text, through baptism we are all one, all one in Christ Jesus. Because of Jesus' death, the victory achieved, the Holy Spirit in baptism breaks down divisions of ethnicity, national identity, social class, education, gender, and race. In Christ, we who were once divided are joined together. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. You are, and it says you are of Christ. This means possession here. You belong to Christ. Solidarity with Jesus and each other. You are part of Abraham and Sarah's family. God's story has encompassed you, included you. You are a blessing to us and will be a blessing in God's world that God loves. So this is part of God's promise that you will be a blessing. To be baptized into Christ and to clothe yourself with Christ is to identify with Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Christians working for peace and justice are persecuted. They always have been. Economic justice for the poor, justice for refugees, land entitlement, freedom to study the Bible and meet together, reconciliation, just peacemaking. Jesus was arrested, tried, and executed by the Roman government for opposing unjust temple practices that took financial advantage of the poor and excluded people. Rome saw Jesus as leading an insurrection and causing instability. But wouldn't you know that out of this, God is working to achieve a great victory. This is the great mystery of Jesus' death, life, death, and resurrection. And you will have chances, Warren, Ben, Elliot, to stand for truth, justice, fairness, and peace. Continuing with our text, but I am saying as long as the heir, being owner of everything, is a minor, in no respect is he or she different from a slave, but is under guardians and managers until the fixed time of the father, so also we, when we were not yet of age, under the elements of the world, we were made subservient. Yeah, this is referring to what Shirley referred to. Paul is referring to some rules and measurements and practices that separated people. For Paul rules about what one, one could eat or touch or who one could associate with. And you will need to study the culture you live in, the air you breathe, the water you swim in, the works and worlds of meaning you will need to study that and decide what's good and what's bad. It's a mixture of good and bad. Some of it's good. God loves our culture. But you will need to uh, be discerning. Decide when you may have to say, no, I don't want to be controlled by that. I want to bring people together 
Remember, God loves God's world. God's love in Jesus is the center of the big story. We love God with all our heart and our neighbor as ourselves. And I shared during the class this rejoice. Some of you have read. Says, I can't go. My mother wouldn't sign my paper, I said quietly. My high school art teacher looked annoyed. School administrators had sent permission slips for parents to sign so that students could attend games at the state basketball tournament in town. Because of a few poor grades, my parents had refused to sign mine. My classmates and even my teacher advised me to sign the paper myself and go to the game. They'll never find out anyway, they told me. Sheepishly, I replied that I believed God would find a way to tell my mother. They laughed at me, but I chose to obey even when it was embarrassing. My teacher rolled his eyes and called the office to get a substitute to sit with me while he went to the game. About 30 minutes later, I looked up to see the school principal walking my parents into the room. My parents had driven by the school as several classes were leaving for the tournament game. My principal told me he was impressed. My parents thanked me for obeying. Then they took me to the game. My classmates and teacher were astonished when they saw me. I laughed. I told you God would find a way to tell my mother. Following my parents' rules did not save me from having to work on my poor grades. However, by choosing to be obedient, I chose to clothe myself in Christ. What does being clothed in Christ look like in your life today? Elements of this world can also refer to planets, solar system. Thursday was the spring equinox, right? The longest day. God created, we are creatures along with the planets. We are part of God's creation. We are part of something much bigger than we could ever imagine. But we are God's creation. And these planets don't control us. God is the one who has dominion. That would have been pertinent, probably in Paul's day, maybe also in ours. Finally, but when the fullness of time took place, God sent out God's Son, born from a woman, born under law, in order that he might liberate those under law so that we might receive adoption. And because you are sons and daughters, God sends out the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, calling out, Abba, Father. Therefore, no longer are you a slave, but a son and a daughter, and if a son and daughter, also a beneficiary by God. The Spirit of Jesus there is the Holy Spirit, God's presence, guiding, and comforting. This is a spirit of capability, power, competency, adequacy. The spirit of accepting invitations to the feast, of being a neighbor. The spirit of mercy and justice. It is not a spirit of fear or weakness. The spirit of trust, the spirit of calling out to God and knowing God is waiting to hear Ben, Ellie, Soren, you can call out to God throughout each day. Remember, after Jesus' baptism, he was tempted to be a powerful, benevolent ruler. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he chose to be a servant and respect God and serve God and worship God and see what God would do. He stuck to his vision, his values, no matter what. Jesus is a leader, our example. God is faithful and will complete God's purposes for you, three of you. God will not drop you. You are heirs of God's promise. Promises beloved by God, sons and daughters. Wonderful promises in Isaiah 65, or 58 rather. God 
The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs even in dry places and make your bones strong. Baptism is more than the sum of its parts. It's more than thinking and explaining everything. The mystery connects our bodies and the deeper parts of our brain, our hearts. Baptism, like communion, is a wonderful time when the inner and the outer are one unity, one essential union, one essence in Christ. These are words of Pilgrim Marpeck in his admonition in 1542. He was an early he was an Anabaptist. Jesus was God's word and wisdom as a real body. Your bodies are baptized with real water, and you are baptized into a real community, a real church. We are not here because you or I have it all right. God desires our participation, but baptism is a God thing first and foremost. Our Creator's righteousness shown in Jesus' faithfulness. The judgment of sin has taken place on Jesus' cross, and you are given life in the Holy Spirit. So you are forgiven and receive the Holy Spirit. I had two anniversaries this week, uh, June 20th, wedding anniversary. June 18th was one-year anniversary when I had surgery, heart surgery. So a year ago, I was in Northwestern Hospital. My baptism anniversary... It's December 21st. Uh, we used to record this in a book, and I, and I have the book. I can see where my name is written. Um, I don't remember that day. This had to be the shortest day of the year, right? I don't remember that day. The only thing I remember is the great big hug my grandmother gave me. That was what I really remember from that day. Um, so June 23rd, you put that on your calendar in your mind. That is your anniversary date. You will grow into, toward your baptism during Bible school on the day we lived with the parable of the great feast, Luke 14. I told the class that they will need to respond to God's invitation as they become older. Not too many excuses, even if the excuses are good. They will need to decide if they're going to attend church and be part of a faith community. They'll need to make that decision. And one boy said, quickly, I've already decided that. I'm going to be part of a church. You know, I was really blessed with that. And this is the decision you've made this morning. So stick with us. Please continue to be part, continue to attend church even as you grow older. Um, discipleship is not possible without being part of Jesus' body, a church community. Kingdom of God, the banquet. Together we live knowing that God exists. We call on God's name and are saved. So clothes are important. You are putting on Jesus by means of the Holy Spirit sent into our hearts. Let's take your bullets, and I'm going to just look at the order here, the baptism. In a few minutes, um, Ellie Soren and Ben uh, will share with the community briefly. Pastor Eric will lead us in the Apostles' Creed. This is a second-century baptismal creed that we have in common, and the Baptist ministers have in common with many Christians. This was back before there were all different denominations, right? Baptism questions. 
prayer, Holy Spirit's present for the water. Then baptism, and I'll ask at that point for family and uh, friends, teachers, people who have mentored uh, these people, representatives of elders, discipleship, please. And we'll wait for the children because we're going to go down and get the children and bring them up here too for for this. So, uh, um, Pastor Eric, we'll have a prayer of blessing. Receive them. And the ones gathered around will be the first ones to give them hugs. Okay, Then you'll be able to go back to your seats and we'll have the congregational response, our covenant together, Gifts, gifts from the congregation, we have books and a baptist uh, prayer book, uh, the certificates of baptism, church membership, and uh, a little book. I don't have the, I only have two. The third one hasn't come. God will not forget you. This is written for a Lutheran, by a Lutheran pastor for confirmation. And, uh, you know, this practice of, it's very good, practice of baptism and confirmation, uh, practice of infant dedication. Baptism here are very similar. Certainly nothing to fight over. Hmm? 